hey guys, tonight, let's have an informal chit-chat. I'm going to tell some really cool ghost stories, and you can ask me any question that you want. I'll be right back. Grab your popcorn and snacks, find a comfy spot, take a seat or lie down, and let me transport you to a place of fantasy, ghost stories, ancient legends, odd creatures, alien encounters, and other magical topics. You may even decide to join the conversation. From faraway lands to your own backyard, with a small dash of pixie dust, turn out the lights and open your minds. The journey is about to begin. Happy Thursday, everybody. How is everybody doing today? I hope you said what good because I'm doing good today. I have some cool news to share with you guys, and I was kind of holding back. But uh, first off, introductions. My name is Charlotte, and I'm going to be your host for the next hour. I'm also the owner of the California Haunts Paranormal Investigation Team based out of Sacramento, California. We are 45 strong. Oh, wrong one again. I keep doing that, don't I? We are 45 strong up and down the state, which means if you have a problem, we can get to you. However, what a lot of people don't realize is how large the state California really is. So it might take us a couple of days. And in that case, we do have mediums on staff, such as Nancy Matz, uh, Trish, Karen Clark, and a few others that can call you and do a remote read on whatever's going on. And if it is paranormal, they can usually settle things down until we can get out there. And don't get me wrong. It's not like it's going to take us a week or whatever to get out there. It'll just be a couple of days, you know, for us to get out there because we do have people in those, we do have team members in, in those specific areas like Fresno and all those other places. And if you're from out of state, we do have a Nevada team, uh, and we do, you know, we do do work in Nevada. And we, I, I, the, my half will go to Oregon, in Northern California, my Northern California part will go to Oregon. So you can find the, you know, so you can get us. We also have um, connections in Hawaii as well, if you're over on the islands. Anyway, if you're watching from Facebook, and a lot of you are today, and you like what you see, please be sure to hit that follow button if you haven't done so already. And uh, that just helps us keep our numbers going on Facebook. Plus, uh, if you if you give me some thumbs up, some smiley faces, you know, hearts, I can never do this. Everybody does this but me, but hearts, whatever. Uh, then that helps us with the FYP, including you know commenting in the chat room because I want to be looking at your comments tonight as well. Because I'm going to take questions from you guys. Okay, you guys can ask me anything you want about ghost hunting, anything you want about my background ghost hunting, and we can have a chit chat or the places I'm talking about tonight, the hotels and stuff I'm talking about tonight. Okay. All right. Uh, if you're watching from uh, YouTube, it's the same thing. You know, um, show me some love with some hearts, smiley faces, uh, you know, thumbs up. And also, if you haven't just done so already and you're, you are watching from the from the YouTube channel, please be sure to subscribe. We got more than 800 some, uh, some odd videos over there. And every one of them is a different topic because I'm a journalist, photojournalist. I don't like to cover the same stuff. And I also like to cover, like, news topics like uh, – the day before yesterday, we did do a show on the opioid epidemic and the problems with that. So I like to I like to change it up and to make it a lot easier on there. I have gone ahead and put put them into categories, and I'm still it's a lot of files. I'm still moving them over, so you can check out all kinds of stuff. And again, that helps us with the FYP on YouTube. Okay, okay. That being said, I have some news to share with you guys. First off, tonight, uh, within maybe two hours after I do this show. I'm going to have the first event for February up, and that will be February 4th at 4 p.m. Pacific. That allows for 7 p.m. time back east, you know, for for those of you that are, you know, in the eastern states. And Nancy Mass is going to do Valentine's readings. She's going to, you can, you can ask questions about your current relationships, maybe past relationships, future relationships. You have her. You, you have Nancy Mass. And, uh, that's going to be over at the California Haunts meetup at about in about two hours after the show, okay? Because I I do have a class to teach tonight. But uh, if you're interested in that, you want to get a Valentine's Day heads up reading and see who see who your Valentine is going to be or a future Valentine. This is the way to do it. It's over at the meetup with me and Nancy Matz. I'm also in relation to this. I'm going to be teaching a haunted I'm not teaching, but I'm going to be doing a haunted history presentation for you for, for you guys that will also be through the meetup. And um, it's going to be different hotels and stuff than what I'm talking about today and what I talked about Monday. So it's just going to be completely different. But I'm going to give you some haunted history because California has a lot of haunted history. All right. That being said, I want to thank. I, I didn't want to jinx it. 
I mentioned this on Monday and what was going on. I did not want to jinx it. And uh, I want to thank everybody uh, everybody that's passed, that spread the word about this show. Everybody over in the RSS feed, which includes it, which includes Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, all those places. Because we went from 25 to 3,000 downloads a month. And right now we are at 9,100 downloads. 9,100. Oh my God. I can't believe it. You know, I just hope this is a sign that this is what we're going to get every month, right? Because, I mean, not that we're money hungry, but we obviously have bills to pay here. And if those numbers keep up, I should be able to get people to advertise with us, whether it's through a paid uh, program, you know, a paid interview or whatever. But I should be able to get people to start advertising with us more consistently so I can afford all, you know, to keep this thing going and better equipment, get Grogu some decent headphones and all that stuff. So I'm really excited about that. And I want to thank everybody who's been listening on that RSS feed. I appreciate it. And I hope you keep listening and following us because we have a lot of good shows ahead of us. Tonight is another example of the fact that I was sick, couldn't see, <laughs> contactless, couldn't see. And uh, so I didn't get anybody really booked for this week except one person and, of course, Nancy. So this is the last day that we're going to have that happen because I've got three bookings already for next week. So we're starting to roll again. And I did ask you guys on Monday to give me like a week and a half to to start, you know, piling up. I'm not saying piling up, but getting together uh, interviews and stuff. And so far, that, that that's what's happening. So you just have to bear with me on this. Okay. I got to text somebody really quick. So let me do this real quick because I am going. I started late today and I do have a class to teach. So let me get to her and let her know that I'm pushing the class to 8, 8 p.m. tonight. So let me get this going. So hang on a second. Let me do this real quick because I want to let her know. Okay. Because the way it's going right now is 6.41 p.m. and I usually teach at 7.45. So, <laughs> yeah, you get the picture. Okay. Anyway, so tonight we're going to do a little bit of what we did on Monday. I'm going to talk about some haunted areas. And Northern California is full of haunted stories, um, which is what we're going to talk, you know, what I'm going to hit on to of my haunted history. There's a haunted haunted lighthouse out here. I haven't been to haunted lighthouse. I just know the history. So uh, this is just a little teaser of of what you guys can expect in that that, uh, seminar I'm going to have about... um, Haunted history. We all up and down California is what I'm covering. All right. So, if there's any questions you guys have of me, doesn't matter if it's paranormal, could be personal related, just don't get too personal. Feel free to ask. I have the chat room up and I'll be able to see your questions and I can answer you right away. And uh, I loved it. I love Monday. I love the way we did the way I did Monday, and I, I just I just want to do that again. And I felt like doing that again tonight. So let's talk about the gold country a little bit. I'm going to start off with the Holbrook Hotel, and that's in Grass Valley, California. Again, like I tried to explain on the last show, our gold country is divided, I'm not, I'm not gonna say divided by two freeways, right? Highway 80 goes up towards Reno, Nevada, and I'm sure you guys have heard of Reno, Nevada. So Highway 80 goes up towards Reno, goes up to Reno, Nevada. Highway 50 goes up to um, Lake Tahoe. And if you remember, the you know you got the whole, I believe, <laughs> I believe it's Highway 50. I remember about the Donner Party. Remember when they were crossing and they got snowed in with that snowstorm? I believe it's Highway 80. I could be wrong. People get me wrong. I haven't been up there in a while, but I do believe it's Highway 80. And I remember passing it once when I was going to casinos. And so that area tends to be rather haunted. In fact, I haven't got really got the chance to go there to investigate, but what's been going on up there is people are picking up EVPs. And one of the saddest EVPs I've ever seen it's from some people that went up there and actually, you know, were investigating. And one of the EVPs they got is, I'm hungry. That's pretty sad, considering what happened. All right. For those of you that don't know what happened, the Donner Party was coming into California. And there was an early snowstorm that hit. And they got stranded up there. And they were running out of food. And unfortunately, the only food they had was themselves. So there was, so there was a lot of cannibalism going on until they could get rescued. And so that's what makes it so sad. So there's a park dedicated to them around the same area where they all had to do this and survive the winter. And this is like back in the 1800s. In fact, you got to figure probably around the gold rush, maybe somewhere around there because 1849, right? The gold rush. So everybody was coming to California for a new life and, 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 and to get gold you know, and to try and find gold and all that good stuff. So that there, there is a campsite and park up there. And 
I want to get up there at some point when I get my, uh, if and when I get my new RV or replacement RV, I want to get up there and do some camping and do some EVP work and maybe go out live there. I don't know. So anyway, getting back there. So as, as you go up that road, you, you hit several small towns and sometimes you have to like veer off and go a little further to the north to hit some of these towns. There's the places up there like Downeyville, beautiful place, bridges that had the first hanging of a woman criminal was hung in Downeyville. We've had some interesting experiences there. Uh, the Holbrook Hotel is really active. It's For us, it's haunted by two little children. And there's a few others. And there's also a, a kind of mean, I don't want to say minor, but a gentleman who is less than nice to people. And so we're going to talk about the Holbrook a little bit because um, I'm not going to say what TV show it was, but uh, one of the TV shows really threw me for a loop. And I was really surprised with what the medium got when she went in there because we have been in there five to six times with my with, with my staff of mediums, and we have never come up or seen things like the like, like this particular medium set on, on on national TV. And I was really appalled. I even emailed her uh, via Facebook to tell her what I thought because all the times we have gone there, there's no way in heck that 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 is what has been going on. And whether it was for TV ratings or what, I don't know, you know. But um, it's an interesting place. We went up there. We uh, One of the times we went up there, we went live on Block Talk Radio because I used to do lives like this on, just on Block Talk Radio during investigations. And we went up. Uh, Nancy was, was our remote psychic that night. Trish was the psychic record that night. And we went up and we were in some of the rooms because, you know, there's, there's they've got this haunted uh, wedding suite. And they've got some other rooms up there that, that are haunted as well. And we were in one of the rooms and we were talking with a concubine because there were a lot, you know, um, because the cold country, you had Hawaiians up here, you had Japanese, you have Asians, right? Asians come up here to work. You, you had um, people from Scotland, you know, ones that had worked the coal mines and stuff. And that's where the experience came for all the gold, you know, for all the gold. So we were working the one room and we were doing the, the K2 thing and we had a flashlight going on and dowsing rods. And we were really communicating with, with this, what turned out to be a concubine. And so that's interesting. Um, and it, that, that and somewhere, once I get my website back up, you guys will be able to see all this. But one of the most significant things that happened on this trip, and there were a couple of significant things. Um, you know, you don't think the ghosts are listening to you, you know. You, and I had uh, one of those PX boxes where the voice comes out of them. You know, they have the newer ones now. The SV7s and Venice V11 and all that. I had one of the older PX boxes with me, and we were able to stay overnight and investigate the hotel. We, we had access to the rooms that hadn't been rented out yet. And so I was really apprehensive and telling everybody, be careful, don't put anything in the garbage cans. This, you know, this this room hasn't, you know, been been paid for and all this. And I remember I the batteries died. Of course, the batteries died during a EVP session in, in this one particular room. And I had batteries in my pocket, so I took um, I took them out of the little casing. You know how they have the plastic casing? I took them out of the little casing and you know put them back in the PX box or a couple other things. And I put them. I put. I was trying to figure out what to do with the with the packaging. And I'm sitting there during this session, you know, wondering what I'm going to do with this packaging. So I stuck it in my pocket. I decided not to throw. I decided not to throw it in the garbage can in the room. So. I've got the PX box in my pocket and we get done with our EVP session. We leave and we're walking down the hallway and I hear the PX box say, wait, man's voice says, wait. And I stopped everybody in the hallway and I picked the PX box up and we're listening. And the next thing out of that PX box was throw away batteries. Yep. Just when you think you don't know that they know what you're doing, you get something like that. This is, I mean, you could, everybody could hear it. And it's a robotic kind of voice that says, throw away batteries. That's what it sounded like. And sure enough, like I said, I had the, I had the battery, you know, the, the, the battery container wrapping in my pocket because I didn't want to throw it away in the room in case they rented the room for that night. So that was one of the significant things that happened there. Another thing that happened there is, of course, like I said, we were live on Block Talk Radio, and we were down in the, this basement area where, where they have a basement bar. And you know, for small parties and stuff down there, and and supposedly there's a gentleman ghost in there, who doesn't enjoy investigators and you know and likes to be left alone. So I go down in there and 
this footage is somewhere on the, on our on, on our meetup, <laughs> and uh, I decided because nothing's really happening, so I decided to do like a pole dance, and I said, "Hey, look at me! I'm I'm big." I mean, we're talking about like 1800s, right? I can work in the fields. I'm big. I got the teeth. I got all this going on, and I'm literally holding on to this pole when I'm saying it. And when I finished, and I sat down to sign off because that that was the end of our investigation, our investigation night. Um, I looked at my wrist and I do still have the photos. Like I said, they'll be up on the website once things get going again. And you can see bruises like here where somebody had grabbed me here in an effort, I guess, to shut me up. That's what's the only thing I can think of. Oh my God, why is she doing that? But I have clear photos of these bruises from where I was grabbed by probably that the gentleman that doesn't like people in there. The other shot we got, and this is something that Nancy predicted that we were going to get a, a, a dark shadow in that room. And sure enough, as I was shooting photos across, because I was sitting across the way from, from our, our medium, Trish, and some other people, sure enough, I picked up the dark shadow right on top of right on top of, of Trish. So we have that photo as well. But there have been other things I've, I've seen. I've heard, of, I've heard a woman's voice in the, in the bathroom down there. Very active area down there. I've heard a woman's voice in that bathroom. And, you know, we've encountered the children. Um, Karen was going in to do a EVP session with me, and I had brought some candy with me, you know, some hard candy like Brock's, because we're talking, you know, we're still talking about the 18, mid-1800s to late-1800s. So I brought in I brought in some candy with me, and I had the recorder down on the floor, and I had some jacks. I was trying to get toys. You know, my dad used to make build wooden toys, and so I incorporated them into my ghost hunting, because that would be the kind of thing they would play with in the old days, right? So, um... Let me do this real quick. Oh, man. Don't you hear me? Yes, you can't get to. Anyway, so I had those down as well. And as soon as Karen came in and sat down, I hear, this is on the tape because we didn't hear it like like open or audibly. Okay. So I the minute I set the recorder down, you know, as I'm going through the evidence, you can hear two, two kids giggle and you can hear them running into, the, running into that dining area, literally, and giggling all the way. And it got closer and closer to me. So that was interesting. And that in particular, there are two children that passed away probably of cholera. Because there was a big cholera run, you know, for, for a long time up at the foothills. And they're known in that dining area, they are known to hide under the, because there's a big table in there. A big, like a giant picnic table thing, you know, for dining. At least there used to be. I don't know if it's still there. Because they remodeled. But anyway, they would run in there and they would hide under the table. And women that eat at that table would feel them touching their legs, you know, bumping against their legs and stuff, just, just to tease whoever's sitting there, just doing kid stuff, right? Uh, they've heard them down the hallway, like, like I just said, um, the giggling and all that. People have heard them down the hallway. And one of the other things that happens is that, that some of the servers complain that as they're carrying the stuff out, right, they're, you know, they're doing this stuff. I can never get this knack. I've been probably knocking it all over. As they're doing this, you know, carrying everything out, so something or someone is hitting hitting the, 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 the trays and knocking all the food out onto the floor. So it could be the kids, might not be the kids. Um, one of the things we found out is that the kids were there, their mother had died also. And so the sad part of all this is is that when we did the EVP sessions, work, you know, work with the psychics in there, we found out that the kids are on a different plane. One of the beliefs that I have is people can die when they die at different times. You end up on, you may end up on, on a different plane from somebody else in your family. And that's my belief in this case, because the mother is still there. She hangs out in the kitchen area and she's still there and she's searching for her two kids. And the two kids are searching for her, but they're on two different planes of, ex two different planes of existence. I'll have to ask Nancy about that. If there's a way to, merge those planes to get those kids out of there right so that goes on there all the time and you know it's the old it's the old adage of they'll make the beds and the beds will make themselves and they, they've seen apparitions by, by the main you know, cowboy apparitions in the main bar area of the, of the building the whole brook hotel is beautiful and i haven't been there since they remodeled but i, I do want to get back in there and find out if, if the issues have increased because a lot of the time that will increase activity but we had uh, i would say four or five trips at this hotel I'm not going to say what TV show it was. I'm not going to say who the psychic was. But suffice to say, we had gone four times, four different psychics on staff had gone in there. And what 
came out on TV was just totally unbelievable about um, people that were, were literally dark, you know, shadow people and stuff crawling up and down the walls and the ceiling as people walked through the hallway. We didn't, we never saw any of that. Never, never, never. So I ended up sending an email to the TV show, which I never got a response from. And I don't know if that was, you know, put on for TV because of course you got to keep, you know, on the TV, you got to have something happen to keep people's interest. So I don't know what that was, but that's what was said. And so, like I said, all the times that we have gone there, we have never encountered anything like that ever, ever, ever. It's a beautiful hotel. Um, it's nice to walk around it. Uh, like, like the Murphy's Hotel, they do have uh, older, there's a, it's kind of like a Victorian across the way from the parking lot. And that's the newer section of it where, where, you know, some people stay the night. And then you've got the historical rooms. So, um, yeah, that's the whole Brook Hotel. And it's, it's really, really a cool place to go. And it is very active, ghost-wise. Very active. Very. Um, Downeyville. Downeyville is another one. I mentioned Downeyville in the beginning of all this. Let me um, drink a little bit of this. See here? Grogu is eating. If you guys are fans of Star Wars, we get this up close. See that? He's got a frog in his mouth. Grogu likes to eat frogs. Don't you, son? Okay. So, Downeyville is another place, you know, like I said, you know, like, like the Placerville area and all that, very active, you know, everything around Placerville is active, you know, the, the, the roads, everything. Same thing for Grass Valley, I think there's another hotel in Grass Valley also that, that is very, that, that's active, but, in a, you know, particularly going up into Downeyville, which I've done several times, we did a conference up there, and uh, almost every place is, is haunted. In Downeyville, the bar, you know, the bars, the buildings, uh, we were able to investigate in, in, in a haunted cave up there. So that was kind of fun. But the thing that stands out to me the most is the gallows, because the gallows are were for the first, the first set of gallows they ever built were for the first woman in California to ever have been hung. And that's, that's what they get their reputation from in Downeyville is that. But what I found rather interesting outside of going to some different places like the history museum there and all that was the bridge, the bridge. There's two bridges. There's one at the, I would say the West end of town and one at the North, North, North end of town. And they're old, you know, they're, they're the old style bridges and something that happened when we were on them, granted the river is, like, you know, there's like a river under there that runs pretty fast. But one thing I found interesting about being on the bridge was that we went out there probably about 1:30 AM, two o'clock. Where nobody would be out there and we were doing an evp session and doing an investigation and i felt the bridge start to shake beneath me but it was more of a swaying motion but the bridge was definitely moving and the people i was with on my team noticed it now could that be you know a body hanging from the bridge maybe, maybe that's where you know maybe it's just an overlapping thing never found out but that bridge that bridge does vibrate from time to time no cars on the road. Remember, this is a small town. Rolling the sidewalks, rolling the sidewalks at 5 p.m. town to town. So there's nobody out driving. There's nobody out walking. And here we are on this bridge, and then suddenly it starts to move under our feet. So I have no idea what, what the hell what the hell was happening with that. Now another related related story to this thing in Downeyville was that we did, I did do a conference there with Karen Clark, and it was interesting because Karen we were sleeping because of course you know when you go on these things. You double up. I was with my mom. Karen was with another investigator. And we were in one of the hotel rooms that are near this bridge. And we were all sleeping. I had awakened because you know, nature called. And I was starting to get up out of bed. And all of a sudden I hear Karen say, you're not Michael. Michael is Karen's husband. And when she said that, I thought, what the heck? So I turn around. There's nothing there. Yeah, she's, 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 she's locked on. She's seeing someone there. And then this person disappeared. Now me, I want to admit this too. I've never liked the dark being an empath growing up, you know, and seeing, well, obviously you guys heard my story a little bit being an empath. I would see dark uh, shadow figures in my house, you know, in my bedroom. So me, I'm like Mr. Nightlight. I have to have a light on. So there we are in the dark laying there. There's one little light, I think in the bathroom. And when Karen was saying this, that, that when Karen was communicating with this ghost, I was just thinking, I'm not getting out of bed till morning. I don't care what happens. I don't want to come face to face with something, you know, because 
I'm a, I'm a, you know, I'm as uh, leery as the next guy when it comes to this stuff, you know. So anyway, so we got through the night, and Karen started talking with some of the guests that are, were attending our conference. Come to find out, it was one of the conference members' father. When Karen described how he was dressed, and and his face and everything, their gal got their gal got really excited because it was her father. So her father came to communicate with Karen real late in the night, but he communicated with her. So we've had a lot of adventures, you know, a lot of adventures all over uh, Northern California. But the one, like, like I said, Downeyville is a place that I would love to visit again because there's there's places we didn't get to access to investigate, like like the History Museum, which I really wanted to go to because they say there's a lot of activity there. The Haunted Cave was interesting. Now, I've never done, well, I kind of did a cave in Placerville behind one of the uh, business buildings out there, but I never really went inside a cave to investigate, and we got to do that as well in Downeyville. So that was quite the adventure there. But you've got a lot of haunted history up there. You've got a lot of mining. You know, there's a lot of mine shafts up there in those areas. A lot of stuff. Flumes. I love looking at the flumes. I used to cover water issues for the Mountain Democrat when I was when I was working full time. And a lot of those flumes are owned by, you know, certain water companies. And the ones up near Downeyville are still wooden. It's cool to watch them. It's cool to see the water go through them. So that's another fun thing to do. I haven't really done a lot on that side. Um, there's a town called Auburn that has activity in different places. And uh, there's this one place called Latitudes. It's a restaurant. Excuse me. Don't you hate when that happens? Blech. There's this little town called Latitudes. And it's, across, it's actually across from their city hall. And what's interesting about their city hall is one, at one time, if you guys know your history about California, Sacramento is the capital of California, so we have a state capital, you know, downtown. But it, what, for a long time, it wasn't the, the, the capital of California. Auburn was. And it's interesting because the original um, capital building is still there. And Latitudes just happens to be across from this building. So when you're sitting in the window, having, you know, when you're sitting near the window having dinner or having tea at Latitudes, you can see, you can clearly see the, the old capital building. Anyway, so Latitudes is reportedly haunted by a woman, the spirit of a woman, from the Victorian era. When we were in there, it was interesting because we were picking up not only, you know, EVP spikes, and, you know, EVP spikes, you know, electrical spikes and all that stuff. We were also picking up smells. We could smell like lilac perfume in there. When we were walking around, it was really interesting to have that smell, and we could we could actually follow the smell through the building, you know. And uh, I think there were a couple male ghosts in there as well. But what I found interesting with it was, I uh, when I do investigating, I, I have a weather center, and they're just generic. And I got this idea. I was doing it before, but I got this idea from um, from a TV show. And so I I have a main weather monitor, and then then you have the two satellite monitors, so you can put them in any room you want. So. I'll have the team put them in different rooms, and then, then I can mark, you know, on a list what rooms what, and I can monitor the temperatures and you know, the humidity and stuff in, in these rooms. Well, what was going on over there in the, in the main dining room was that we were having not so much spikes, but we were having um, really variable t temperature of humidity. I was watching the humidity shoot up and down in this room for no reason. There was no one there except us in the hotel, you know, in that place, you know, the owner. So. There are spots where the, where the humidity would go go way down, then it would go way up, then it would go way down, but the temperature would stay the same. So I thought that was interesting. Took note of all that, and uh, of course we did EVP sessions in there and all that and all that stuff. And you know we we did pick up her voice, but there's a lot of rumor about that place that um, it's not really haunted. That this is like a man-made thing. And there's the uh, Constantinos were working on that theory as well for their EVPs that we. If we, or my, you know, my dad always had this saying that if you wish hard enough and you think hard enough, it will come true. And from what I'm understanding, what happened at Latitudes is that was just that. When they started the ghost story rumors and all the people came in looking for the ghosts, that's what happened. You know, according to them, that's what happened is that they, they were able to imprint with their mind and create this ghost at Latitudes. So is it a real ghost? I don't know. Is it something that, that we all mentally created as ghost hunters? Who knows? But it was an interesting time there. I hope to do a lot more up in the Auburn area. Uh, we haven't really done a lot except for like the Holbrook Hotel and up in Downeyville. 
and like I said, latitudes up in that area. So we want to get up there maybe this year, you know, this season and get and, and do a lot of ghost hunting up there. Because in Grass Valley, there's also a, a beer place that um, has this area where you can crawl and where you can go down underneath and it's supposed to be haunted. And it's the old tunnels because all, all these old, old you know, all these old towns, including Sacramento, had tunnels underneath all, all the buildings and streets so that they, they could get to the houses of ill repute. And then they also used them during Prohibition to move their liquor around. So all these little old towns have that, and that's what is underneath this particular beer, I'm not going to say beer pub, but beer place, you know, and, and you can go down there and investigate down there. And they say there's there's ghosts. The other interesting thing, and I'll talk about the whole, I'll jump back over to the Holbrook in, in Grass Valley, was we were up late at night, one night, and doing an EVP session. And what pe- a lot of people don't realize also is that a lot of the walls in these old hotels are really thin. There's no insulation. And so we were downstairs on the first floor, and we could actually hear people snoring. Uh, we could hear people doing other things that we can't mention. <laughs> Let's just say they were having a good time. And um, you could hear all that. And I not only heard it audibly, but I picked, <laughs> picked it up on the EVP. So, you know, that goes on. And, and that's what you got to remember is a lot of the walls in these places are, are paper thin. They're just paper. They're old, you know. Now, as we come back across uh, to Highway 50, oh, I'm sorry, we're going to go up a little higher. I changed my mind. Virginia City. That's another one that's very, very active. Lots going on there. Bucket of Blood Saloon. Bucket of Blood Saloon is where um, there was a poker game that went wrong, and you guessed it, Bucket of Blood Saloon, right? But there's also the Museum of Ill Repute, which I find really interesting. There's this big museum that's kind of in the basement of one of, 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 one of the saloons. And that is reportedly haunted. There was a gentleman, I believe it's the same one, that uh, had worked there. Uh, he was down on the lower steps. And he had a heart attack and died there. So he supposedly still haunts that particular store, that particular building. When you go down the Museum of Ill Repute, what I didn't know at the time, because I was still a new investigator, my friend and I went, you know, went, to, went to VC to check it out. And you get down in there and you get a really, really weird feeling down there in that museum. And from what my understanding is, there is a dark being that hangs out in the one corner, which I didn't know because here I am, ha ha ha, I'm a ghost tenor. I'm down here walking around, checking out, you know, all the little things that they have on display in that museum. And I took what 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 we call a psychic hit, where I could feel something run through run through my body. Well, the problem with that is, and I've had this discussion with with with, Linda with Dr. Salvin and Nancy, and I have had this discussion. And what happens is. The ghosts, you know, they don't feel that energy anymore, that, that life force energy. So what they like to do is they like to run or, or touch you and, or, or walk through you so they can feel that life force energy. The problem with that is by them doing it, if you're not grounded, with them doing that, it zaps any energy that you have. It won't happen right away, okay? So by the time I got home from that trip, which is about three and a half, four-hour drive, I was down for like three days because my energy was gone. And it was because this, this ghost had decided, excuse me a second. I'm really fishy today. Thank you. This ghost had decided to run through my body and I can clearly feel him. You know, it's a male running through my body. I can also tell, and I'm going to just bring that up real quick while we're having this discussion. I can also tell you if it's a male or female ghost, just by how heavy it, how heavy it feels. I get spider webs in my legs and my arms. And that's how I can tell there's either a psychic trying to get, you know, t- trying to like get in my head or some ghost is in the area or it's, it's, it, it, it went through me. I can feel the difference because I can feel the weight. I can feel that weight. So if, it, if it's more of a heavy tingle, I know it's a male. If it's a lighter tingle, I know it's a female. So let's see. Hang on one second. I got a question in the chat room. Here I go. Okay, how to get them out of me. Sometimes you can get them out of you by just telling them to leave. You know, be very, very forceful in telling them to leave. You can do it that way. Like I said, you know, I've had them come home with me in the past, and my poor neighbors, I opened all the windows and, I, and the doors, and I'm yelling to get the hell out of my house. But sometimes you, you need another psychic to come in and get, and get them out, you know, because they're, they're the ones that can see them and talk to them. 
And usually when they do attach, and this is something that, that I found interesting over the year, over the years, is that they'll the, the, they don't attach like to the bottom part of your body. They attach to your shoulders, shoulders or head. So you might be walking around and have somebody on your head and not know it, right? Um, but that that's where they mainly attach because your chakras are all up here. You know, you got all your chakras and they start up here in your third eye and all that. Goes down. But that's how I have gotten them off of me is you have to either tell them to leave very forcefully or you get another medium out who can help with the removal on them. Of them. On them. Of them. Of them. Yeah. Um, where was I? <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. Ghost running through me. Yeah. So um, it, it, that does happen. It happens occasionally. And like I said, we have two. There's like two sets to our gold country. We have the Highway 80 part of the gold country that goes up to Reno. And then you've got the Highway 50 gold country that goes into Placerville and South Lake Tahoe. Okay. Which is Nevada. So you've got all that. Yes, they can affect your thinking. They definitely can. Sometimes it, you know, sometimes I've had that happen where they affect your thinking. Yes, they can affect your thinking. That's why it's important when you realize that you do have an attachment to get it taken care of. It's really important because in addition to that, like I said, you will be exhausted because it's, because they're using your energy. That's the key. Usually during an investigation, what I will do and what I was taught to do, because a lot of people will ask the ghost to do this and do that and do this. You don't want an attachment. You know, you don't want them to do that. So um, what I will let them do, and I, I was taught this by, by a psychic from another team, is put your, put your pinky out. Just let them touch the tip of your pinky. That, that's all they get to touch. They'll be able to get energy off of you, but it won't be, it won't be a pull of all your energy. So you won't end up like, you know, like I did, passed out for like, like three or four days afterwards. Um, that's that's the way that I I know how to con try and control this. But again, okay, guys, I'm a ghost hunter. I'm just like you. I'm a newspaper reporter. There are no experts in this field. There's a lot of people that that build themselves as experts, and there's no experts in this field. Okay, this is a field that everybody is still learning. So uh, you might hear me talk about certain ways to do stuff, and then you might hear another ghost hunter talking about how they do stuff. So it's an inexact science. Everybody has their theories on how to on how to do this, but it's really an inexact science. So if anybody says they're an expert, they're not. I don't care who it is. I don't care who it is. Um, getting back over to highway crossing over on Highway 50, back into like the Placerville area, and then moving out, you know, out of the Placerville area to move further uh, south. There's a bunch of towns going that way, and we're talking like we kind of talked about Murphy's last weekend, or we talked about Murphy's on Monday. There's also the Hotel Leger, which has been on a couple of TV shows, and uh, that's very active. Uh, the uh, kitchen is a very active place there where things have been known to fly, like pans, pots and pans and stuff. In fact, I knew of a reporter that went in there, and she turned around, packed her stuff up, and got out because a heavy teapot came at her through the air out of nowhere. Uh, and almost got her in the head. So the people that go, whoever's at the Hotel Leger, you know, they're, they're very, um, I'm not going to say angry. They're not angry. They're protecting the hotel. Just like Eleanor protects the Murphy's Hotel, that goes to the Hotel Leger protect their hotel as well. So you run into that. Also underneath the, the Leger, there was a rumor that that used to be a jail down there. And I remember going in there with the other team when I was filming, because California Haunts did start start out to be a TV show on public access. I remember going in with the other team and uh, a psychic had hit upon a uh, prostitute that was down there. And so we had this interview with this prostitute and it was a very interesting interview, you know, and uh, I have that on record somewhere. You know, pretty soon I'm going to have all this stuff up. I mean, with COVID, you know, with COVID happening in 2020 and stuff, I, I just didn't take care of my mom to the very end. I just I just didn't get a chance to Get my website back up and running so that that's next on the hit list to do um where else oh yeah you cross over there's the hotel jeffrey out up, up in, it's right right at the door i would say doorway to yosemite and this was interesting because i went up for the preliminary with one with, with one of my friends who happens to have abilities and everything was fine you know we were talking to people over there and that night we went to bed and we were we, we were in a room with one of these blind, one of the old style blinds that you pull down. You know, it has the white 
thing that, that, that you pull down. And this happened while I was asleep. I sleep, when I finally go to sleep, I sleep really hard. I never hear anything. And so this happened when I was asleep. My friend experienced it. She woke up. She's a light sleeper. And something had taken that blind, pulled it down, and completely ripped it off the window itself. You can see where, and the way it came, the way it looked was that they started at one end like this, and were yanking on it like this to get it off of there. And so when we got up in the morning, it was barely hanging up there. You know, on the wall, off the wall. And we had heard that that was a possibility in this one room because this is a room that a particular miner would stay in. So it didn't really phase me. It startled me, but it didn't phase me. One of the other things that happens in this room is if you're a woman and you have your toiletries and you have them sitting in front of the mirror or in the bathroom, women have been known to go to breakfast, come back, and all their stuff's thrown on the floor. He doesn't like it. The ghost doesn't like it. He has been known to be in the shower in this room. He's He's been known to just, you know, all in all, just to stomp around the hotel. What's interesting about this miner is there's a story, there's stories about him. He was very, he was eccentric. And he wanted to make sure that he kept wherever he was working a secret. And the story is that he, I'm trying to remember, I think it was that, I think it was that, yeah, it's that one. So many hotels. Anyway, in that particular room, he would sleep with his dynamite underneath the bed. Now, that's not what killed him. <laughs> you know, that's the first thought you think of. Oh, yeah, that's what took him out. But he would sleep with dynamite underneath his bed. And so that is his that, that is his domain. That is his room. So, you know, yeah, like I said, back then, they, they, women were, were women, right? You know, you, you were working in the fields and stuff. Like Little House on the Prairie, right? That kind of thing. Bonanza. And he he does not like women's toiletries and stuff. He doesn't mind if you stay in there as far as being a woman and hanging out in there and stuff, but you put any any of your private stuff in there, like toiletries and whatnot, and you'll end up having them either on the floor or you know, somewhere else that, that he shoves them. The other thing that happens in there and we and it didn't have a nest was that he will write his name on something or he or he will write if you leave a pad of paper in there with a pen. He will write something on there. You know, we didn't have that experience, but it has happened. And a little bit more history with this place is that when we did come up there to do the official investigation, Sabrina was our psychic at the time. We shared a room and we got up there and there was a ceiling fan right there, you know, in the room to keep us cool. Because remember these old hotels, no TV, you know, no, no, no modern stuff, even though you got, you know, everything else, the beds and all that. And, you know, they, they, they like to keep them in the old style, these hotels. So we're in this room, and as we're sitting there, she kind of looks up at me, and I said, and, and she had this kind of worried look on her face, and I said, well, what is it? Is there something bad in, bad in here that I need to know about? Because, you know, during this, and she says, no, she says, but I'm not staying in this room. And I was going, okay, if you're not, I'm not. Let's, let's be real about this. And she looked at me, and I said, well, why don't you want to stay in this room? She says, because she said, because a man hung himself from the light fixture in this room at one time. Or it could have been a hanging tree. The hotel's old, right? So that was kind of a bummer. I stayed up all night that night, not because of that, you know, not because of that, but because, um, you know, I was interested. I, I had the DVR set up pointing down the hallway in some of the haunted rooms, so I was interested in watching the action overnight, you know, to see what would happen in, in the different rooms of that place. Um, one thing that did happen that's that's kind of funny is that people <laughs> when they're vacationing, they vacation, right? They wear robes and their fuzzies and they're they're walking around these hotels. Well, what happened to me was that <clears throat> I had this camera pointed down the hallway, which is the pointed. I believe it was pointed um, south down the hallway, south or north or, or west down this hallway, because this is where the ghost supposedly walks from that from that point across up to like the north side. Of this hallway so i had this thing on the floor looking up the hallway right so that i, I keep an eye on things well probably about 3 a.m a gentleman had to use the restroom because you got to remember very seldom to these old hotels have restrooms in the hotel room they're always down the hall it's a communal thing so this gentleman decided uh you know real late in the early early morning rather 
to come down the hallway and do his business in the bathroom. The problem was he was nude. He had he had a robe on, and he was nude. And every time he would take a step, because he didn't tie the robe, he just threw it on and go down the hallway. Every time he would take a step, I got an eyeful. So that was one of my experiences at the Hotel Jeffrey was seeing this guy come down the hallway. And then I told, I talked to everybody in the morning and I just went, look, you know, I, I get the need to have to go in the middle of the night, but you're in a public place like a hotel, cover up, cover up, cover up. The other thing that happened that's interesting, and again, this website of mine, I have to get it back up. I hate the fact that I don't have it up, was the Hotel Jeffrey is kind of divided. And there's one section where all the hotel rooms are. Then there's like an alley in between, but it's attached to the hotel itself. They use it for storage. And then there's the other half of the hotel where all the dining is and all the check-in and all that. And so we were in the center part. And we decided to do an EVP session in there, along with uh, with a with an EMF meter. It was a tri-field meter. And while we were doing the session, the tri-field meter was reacting to our questions. And it was interesting because it looked like an old-timey radio. That's how much action it had. Yes and no questions. So for a yes question, it, the the needle on there would move like this. And uh, it was interesting. It lasted for about 35 minutes. We, we had this conversation with this old miner, probably probably the one from upstairs for all I know. But this needle would go like this, go back and forth like this, go back and forth like this. Some other interesting trivia about that place. And unfortunately, um, the owners are no longer there. That, at least the owners, you know, we, we used to talk to. But one of the owners of this hotel, Jeffrey, I'm trying to remember, so many towns, Try to remember. Give me a second. Anyway, I think it was the owner of the hotel, Jeffrey. I don't think it was the Legere. Uh, but the older woman that owned the hotel at one time could be McCullough Hill, too. I'm going to watch what I'm talking about. But I do believe it was the hotel, Jeffrey. Anyway, one of these hotels, we'll just, we'll just say that. One of the owners of these hotels at that time had dated Elvis in high school. The king, right? The king of rock and roll. And it was interesting because the, she had this um, room for her wines and stuff. It wasn't it wasn't like a cellar or anything. It was just a room, you know, building. So they took us in there and we're talking about because that place was haunted as well. So we're talking about the ghosts in this in the cellar. And I'm looking around and I notice these, these champagne bottles and they've got the picture of Elvis on there with the colonel. And I, being a huge Elvis fan, I knew what they were. They, they used to get, give out these gifts at Christmas and birthdays and stuff to people. And I asked her and that's when I found out and I thought it was the coolest thing that she had dated Elvis in school. So and he had remembered in all those years he kept sending bottles and she had like 20, 30 of these bottles stored up. So that was interesting with that, you know. Also with that that particular hotel, the ghost, you know, that, that, that same minor ghost fell in love with this woman and named Charlotte. There's a Hotel Charlotte across the way. And every night, certain, well, every night under certain conditions, people say they see him cross the street and go to that hotel to see her. So he is, he is technically, he is haunting not only the Hotel Jeffrey, but he's also haunting this uh, this Hotel Charlotte to, to be with his girlfriend. So that's kind of cool. That's, you know, that, that's some interesting trivia for you about that. But the hotel, I mean, the town the hotel's in, it's like when people were commenting how it looks like time, an area where, where time forgot. You know, it's just, it's so old in there. And it, that's another fascinating town to go into, you know, and there's so many of these places that that we're going to investigate and you know we're going to do our documentary in, you know film documentary in there there's so many of these little towns there's amador you got you know you got um McCullough hill you got other places to investigate as well you know you've got you've got uh, sonora so i mean there's all kinds of places up there in addition to like placerville and those in those different locations where where you can go to the cemeteries in these places are active as well i mean Within walking distance, you know, like if, um, Hotel Leger, you can walk literally through Bacolomi Hill to this cemetery 
and you can you know you do EVP sessions in there and stuff. And then the, and of course the saloon also has a lot of activity, you know, if, if you're into that sort of investigating. But you know you got to remember unless unless you rent the building out. You know if you're going on a weekend especially. Don't expect to get clear, your, your EVP is really clear because there's always a party going on in, in the bar, right? There's always glass, you know, glasses clinking and all this stuff in the bars of these places. So that's something you, that's something you need to remember, you know, when you do this stuff. You know, we kind of we talked about that on Monday, you know, um, doing EVP sessions in these places where they're doing karaoke sessions and whatnot. So um, that's one of the hazards of, of doing this stuff. It's Saturday. It's that or you rent, it's hot in here. It's that or, or you rent the hotel, you know, so that you can have it, have all that time to yourself. You know, that's just, it's just the way they are. Um, as you cross, like I said, as you cross through the gold country, you run into a lot of these haunted locations. Uh, there's a town called Volcano that actually has another haunted um, hotel that we have investigated. And I actually picked up I had a mic downstairs, and I was upstairs, and I actually picked up what sounded like high heels on the wooden floor downstairs. And not only did I pick them up on the recorder, you could actually hear them. We were sitting up, upstairs t- taking a break on, on a couch up there, and you could actually hear these footsteps. And it, it did sound like, you know, um, high, high heels on the floor. So we've had those experiences in these hotels as well. Uh you know, so there's a lot to do. There's a lot of history. And when I do this haunted history thing for you guys, um, which I'm going to be scheduling up here, probably around February 9th or something, something around there, I'm going to do that. You know, there's the famous places that you guys have probably seen on ghost centers. There's the Queen Mary. There's the Brookdale Lodge. There's there's the uh, uh, the Blue Lady ghost at the, jeez, uh, my mind's like children today. I was just thinking about these places, you know, so there's, there's a lot of famous ghosts that you guys have probably heard about famous other places that we're going to talk about in, in, in that, in that haunted history lecture, because there's just so much, there's just so many, you know, out there. Moss Beach Distillery. That's what I was trying to figure out, you know, and that was another place that was featured on a TV show that I kind of got upset over because um, that particular paranormal team saw something happen there and knew it was like fake and they turned around packed up and left like they didn't know what was going on and the truth of the matter is when you walk in there and they tell you flat out that in order to you know entertain people at the distillery that have dinner and stuff because it's right on the coast in order to, to maintain that you know for people to come in they do have stuff rigged up over there where the chandeliers will move back and forth cash register will go off by itself you know, the, the you know, and just different things like that, and the, and to have that that team that team from TV, who I'm not going to mention either, come out there and get mad and say, oh no no no, we stopped because they're they're rigging this stuff on purpose, yada yada yada. I don't believe that because they told us flat out when we got in there, they told us and showed us where all these things were. There's a mirror, and I think one of the bathrooms where you go in that when you look in the mirror, face appears looking back at you. That's another trumped up thing you know, special effect that they're using. A Queen Mary tour, um, you know, unless you get in, like, with the great ghost people at night to investigate, the Queen Mary has that stuff all over the place. I mean, you'll go through the Queen Mary on that tour, at least they used to. You go through the tour of the Queen Mary, and they've got door, they've got doorknobs that are rattling as, as you walk by. They've got a room that they've rigged to look like the, the bed, you know, the maid bed gets, gets all um, unmade. You open the door, and the bed's made, you know, you open the door, you close the door, you open the door again, the bed's unmade. So they they have stuff on the Queen Mary as well like that. At least they used to. And it's just for entertainment, right? That's what it's about. Getting, getting people in, in the seats, as they say. And uh, so the Moss Beach Distillery has that stuff. So we were aware of it going in, and, and we asked them nicely to shut that stuff off so we could investigate. Which is why I don't understand. I mean, you can Google it. And find that information that, that they do have that going on there. So whoever was doing the research for that particular team obviously dropped the ball. Because they, sh- they should have known about it. You know, so, yeah. But we're going to have fun. I mean, when I do the haunted history thing, it's, it's going to be a it's gonna be a fun thing. You know, I love ghost hunting. I've loved it. I've loved it since I started it back, you know, 
back when I back you know, 18 years ago. Love every second of it. That's one thing I love to do is go is ghost hunt. I love the history. I like walking into these historical places, like the Brookdale Lodge, you know, and checking stuff out. I love it. I love all that. And you know, the Brookdale Lodge is funny. I'm just going to say this once about there because I want to talk about that one in the haunted history le lecture. That scene in the, in the Shining where he goes into the bar or in that ballroom where they're having the New Year's Eve party or whatever that is, and they're there and they open the door for him, right, dressed like in the 30s. Well, when I walked into um, the Brookdale Lodge initially, that's what I saw in my mind's eye where so somebody was standing there and opened the door for me just like that because that's the kind of atmosphere the Brookdale Lodge has. That is the one, if you notice with the TV shows, that is the one that the live brook runs through. In the brook room where the little girl drowned. That is something to see. That is, I mean, it's just tremendous because you can eat in there and stuff. And it's just tremendous to see that 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 brook run running through the building. It's beautiful. And they have the reportedly over two or three hundred ghosts. I, I think there might even be more there. All from prohibition. You know, because there was a lot of gangster stuff going on. Even like some of the stuff on the on, on the river here in Sacramento, off the Sacramento River, like the Ryan Hotel. That was all prohibition. In fact, if you go down there, kind of like in their little basement area, and you go in from the outside, they've got a peephole there that they use during prohibition. You had to have a code word to get in, and they would look at you through the peephole to give you access in, in, into the bar, you know, into that entertainment area. And that's the last story I want to tell you today is about that hotel, the Ride Hotel, where I have had incredible experiences, absolutely incredible. Um, initially we went in there with Monica Funk and Trish got in there and we did a walkthrough with Trish leading the way. And she had talked about this gentleman that, um, kind of ran the house, the, the, uh, all those old hotels had, had a way to, you know, to service the, the miners or the river guys. So this one was no different. And this guy, he, um, ruled with an iron fist. And off and on, Trish would say, well, do you smell that? Do you smell that? I wasn't smelling it, but you could, at times, smell like the, the smell of farts. It would just come out of nowhere. It was just crazy. But when we were going down the hallway and doing these, uh, pre, this pre-read, you know, the pre-walkthrough, Monica got, sho got, got shoved over a couple of times. Someone pushed her. And uh, that's on video, too, somewhere. So someone pushed her, literally almost pushed her down on the ground. But what happened to me was uh, I, I I went in with the Lord I Knew Sentinel newspaper for a Halloween story. And I had some of my team members with me, of course. And I was, I, I was down on the first floor and I had set up the cameras like up the stairs and everything in, in these allegedly haunted rooms. And I had to go down to the basement to put another camera down there. Get it activated. So I took my gear, took my tripod, took, you know, started to go down, and I got a most creepy feeling that somebody was watching me, because there is a bar down there, and I felt that whoever it was 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 standing in the bar area watching me, and it wasn't a good feeling. So, looking out over everybody, you know, or looking out over the area, I apologized and I said, "Look, I'm sorry. I'm going to go up now. I'll I'll leave you alone. I understand." Well, then it felt like, as I, as I was turning to go up the stairs, it felt like someone had come up right behind me. And they were really angry. And so I turned around and I said, look, I'm leaving. I'm, I won't come down here again. There's no way. The only way I could go up the stairs, the flight of stairs, was to go up backwards. Because, because I could feel this person down at the base of the stairs staring at me as I went up. And he wasn't happy with the mail. And I remember getting upstairs. And I shut the door to that area. And then I went to go to the second floor to talk with Trish. Because Trish was, you know, doing a session. Trish, that was Trish and Sharon. And as I got upstairs, you know that scene in Poltergeist where he's trying to get to Carol Ann's room. And it looks like the, uh, the hall gets longer and longer. Well, in this case, as I got up there to go touch base with my team members... The hall got darker and darker as I was going down the hallway. I mean, it really got dark. And I just did not have a good feeling about that. Turned around, went back down, went back to the command center, and just sat with the monitors. 
But then around say eleven ish, I had to take because I do have I do have a bad back, so I had to take my pain pills. So I went to the restroom, which was the women's restroom, which was on the same floor that uh, that I was monitoring. And I go in there and I put my head under the sink. I'm going to take my pill, right? I'm going to put my head, you know, under the sink and the spout. And as I did that, my mind's eye saw a hand, a big male hand grab my head right here and shove my face into the wall. And at that point, I was just like, okay, I'm done. So I get out of there. At least I got my pill and went outside because I wanted no part of it. Finally, I, finally, I talked myself to come back in. But I definitely saw a hand reach behind my head. And in my mind's eye, I saw my, my face being shoved, literally shoved in the wall. So we finished the investigation. Didn't get any VPs. Had that kind of thing going on, though. I get home, and I'm talking to one of my psychic, you know, the mental commercial psychic friends, talking to one of my psychic buddies about what happened at the hotel. And she told me that it was a gentleman who was supposed to marry this, this woman, I, and I favored the woman he was supposed to marry. And because I had a white shirt on, because we have white California hot shirts, to him, it almost looked like a wedding dress. And so he was angry. And that's why he grabbed me like he did. You never know about this stuff, right? You just don't know. You just don't know. Anyway, this hour went by really fast. And again, I'm going to be uh, doing a lecture for you guys over at the meetup. Well, it'll be probably here on on, on this network. Uh, private lecture uh, about haunted history. And I'm going to really go into the history of these different places in California that are haunted. Okay, so we're going to talk about places that you know, like the Queen Mary and the Brookdale Lodge and, and, and those kinds of places. Well, the Opera House is another place we'd like to go. And that's that's a story for another day, you know, of, of, of what happened there. We've been back there several times. So I you know, I just wanted to share this stuff with you. And um, it's been a fun hour. It's been, it's been a really fun hour. Tomorrow, Nancy Matz is going to be with us, uh, usual time, 6.30 p.m. Pacific. And our topic, let me check this out. I forgot to write it down over there today because I was doing other stuff. So let me uh, let me double check that really quick. And um, give me a second. Oh, when I heard this riddle the other day, and some of my friends were perplexed. Let's do this. Sarah is a butcher who's five who's five feet tall, and wears a size six shoe. What does she weigh? See if any of you guys have the answer to that. Because that would be cool. So hang on one second. Wow. Okay. So our topic tomorrow with Nancy is going to be how not to suffer by the thoughts of others and vice versa. So that's what we're going to be talking about tomorrow, Nancy and I. That'll be the usual time, 6.30 p.m. Pacific. So I hope you all can join me, and uh, we'll have a great time. It's always casual Friday, right, with Nancy Matt. So whip out our Hawaiian shirt. He's got a brand-new Hawaiian shirt to wear. So he'll be in his aloha. So I want to thank everybody. I want to thank everybody at, uh, over there at RSS, you know, Apple and all those podcasts for supporting us and, and, and um, doing all those downloads. I really appreciate it. And I appreciate each and every one of you guys, too, who are here watching the show. I really appreciate it. Okay, well, I'm going to let you go. If you like the show, share it with five people. If you hated the show, share it with five of your enemies. We are equal opportunity here at California Haunts Radio. And shoot me a like. Shoot me a happy face. Shoot me a like. Shoot me a heart. Whatever. Just you know, just to, just to let me know how much you like it. And if you have any suggestions for shows and guests that, that we can have on, I have a California Haunts Radio t-shirt that I am willing to give away. If, if, if we use that guest, I will send you a t-shirt. California Haunts Radio. So uh, you can email, email me, and as Nancy says, just Google California Haunts Radio or California Haunts Paranormal Investigation Team, and we will pop up everywhere on Google, and you can find us. How's that sound? Okay? All right. Well, I want to thank you all again, once again, for coming. And tomorrow at 6.30, I'll be here along with me and Nancy Matz, and we will have our topic. So have a great evening, and I will see you tomorrow. <laughs>